Alright, cool. Cool. So, welcome to Where There's a Will. Um, episode, don't know yet. Haven't started releasing them, so <laughs> that's fun. Um, <laughs> I'm sure this would be like episode like two or three. Actually, three, because I want to do the second one with Cass, who's on your team. But I did the first one with her months ago. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So um, that'd be that's cool. Interesting, yeah. Because I can release like a one-two punch of like, mm -hmm. this is one point in history before... EGX, Ooh. and then oh. here's after EGX. That's, that's, that's actually a, very that's interesting. That's very interesting. That's a, that's a good idea, yeah. So we should probably explain who the fuck's on the podcast. Uh, this is Cassandra's teammate. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Sean. Um, I work with Cass on, you know, Psy, what we're doing at Studio Mutiny, and I mainly do VFX and technical art. Um, I make sure everything looks nice basically and yeah use a bunch of math to make stuff look nice yeah he's a bit of a tech art guru is our sean and then we also got a surprise extra guest oh my god um <laughs> my name is natasha and i am the writer for Sai. so i handle all of the narrative and the dialogue and the characters and all that fun stuff killer and no one knows who I am. It's a oh, mystery. Yeah. I'm the secret man behind the microphone. Ooh. It's great. I feel like they'll figure out who I am. Because I'll be the one who's always on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Consistent. But I want to tell them what I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I met Sean because you were um, doing the, the effects. And I was talking to Cass. And she was like, oh, you should talk to my boy Sean. Because yeah. he knows what's on. Um, and yeah, talk to you. And... You've been fucking around with VFX for how long now? Probably about a year, a year and a half maybe. Um, I started doing a few VFX for Sharkbait. That was in second year. Um, I was focusing mainly on lighting and more on the environment, foliage and stuff, but I found more of an interest in the tech site there. And then in, in the next project, in the third year project, I decided to explore more into... VFX, uh, so I've been doing it since, which is, yeah, about a year, um, and it's it's been a blast, like, no pun intended, but <laughs> VFX is definitely, I think, something that I have a passion in, and something that really suits the way I think. Yeah, it's cool, like, you know, like, having seen a little bit of how you work, your workflow is, it's like material-based first, Yeah. and then you move yeah. into, like, the more, you're using Niagara, aren't you? Yeah, so I, I, I currently, I'm getting into Niagara a bit more, um, just because Niagara offers so much, offers so much on the technical side. Um, there's so many things you can do with the particles, you can, you know, tell them to go certain places, which would be a lot harder in something like Cascade. Which is the other Unreal 4 yeah. main uh, particle which is emitter. Which is currently actually the main emitter system, or I don't know what they call it. Um, cause currently Niagara is still a plugin, um, and it's still, it still has some bugs. It can still be very expensive at times, but it's definitely more fun to work in. Hmm. So you would recommend getting into Niagara? Oh, I a hundred percent recommend getting into Niagara. I recommend getting into everything. If you're working in Unreal Engine, learn everything a little bit because it'll help you a long way. Yeah, for sure. Like, just knowing a tiny bit of blueprinting oh, suddenly, yeah. like, changes the just whole Just knowing game. how to implement your own things, you know, it just makes it easier to test stuff. And you can really come up with a lot more things if you know how to use blueprints and you know how to connect the material editor with Cascade or Niagara and blueprints together. 
Yeah, there's a video I have to show you where this guy takes a Houdini vertex animation. Yeah. And there's a copy paste function in the Houdini editor. Yeah. Uh, for the from the game dev tool set like tool, sh tool shelf. Yeah. And you literally copy paste into the material, and it transposes the animation from Houdini straight. Oh really? It makes it instantly this oh, giant wow. network of material set with different con like constant values. Yeah, yeah. Like vertex animation. Houdini is just that good because um, I think it's super valuable in optimization. Uh, mm. It's super valuable in procedural stuff. Um, so, for example, our our brick walls and our bridge, uh, which is basically made out of bricks. Um, that could all be generated in Houdini so that you avoid tithing and stuff like that. And it's, it's just amazing what Houdini can do. I, I wish I knew how to do all those things um, because it's really, really cool. Mm. Uh, well, maybe maybe when you finish Sai, you'll have like... Yeah, so when, I, when I finish Sai, <laughs> I'll definitely go into it uh, because I th it is becoming industry standard. Yeah, um, and even just to play around with it, it's free. Yeah. It's, it's free to play around with it. Sadly, we can't publish anything with it. If not, I would be using it right now. Yeah. Um, Do you know how uh, much yeah. the license is for something you're... I think it's like... Would you need the indie license? I think an indie one? license is about 700... Uh, somewhere around 500, 700, something like that. Maybe 300, I don't know. Yeah, I think Just it was 400 In bucks, general, way, but... too, way too expensive mm -hmm. for... Um, our current financial situation. <laughs> yeah, for a very specific uh, particle. And, yeah, and it, it would take too long to learn and implement, so it's really not worth it at the moment. Yeah. How long do you guys have left on Sai? We release April 30th. <laughs> April 30th. I know, I oh, know. It's, it's crunch time. Yeah. We're, uh, we're technically studio. already doing overtime. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's crunch time in the studio right now. But I think we need that push. We've been working on Psy for so long, and it kind of starts to you know build yeah. up that giant when you, boulder, and you mm -hmm. need to push it down the hill and watch some of the stuff fall off. Yeah, yeah. So just having that date, just seeing it, it's like okay, we're getting there every week. We're working, so it's good. It's good. It's giving us that extra fire that we need, definitely. And so, how long have you been on the project? Because so I joined their team in their third year. So okay. when they first created Psy, their third year version, um, I had already graduated from Falmouth University. And uh, yeah, they just approached me because I was living with Sean and with Johnny as well. We were sharing a house. And is that John Joe? Or? No, uh, Johnny's, Johnny's our... So Johnny's oh, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, our, our designer. Yeah, uh, yeah. Our team leader. Team leader. And uh, yeah, they brought me on and I thought it was really cool and the idea was really fun um, and I, it obviously did well. And then mm -hmm. when they moved on to doing Transfuser, I was like, yeah, sure, <laughs> why not? Um, and yeah, since then, basically. So almost since the beginning, almost. Well, yeah, really cool. for, yeah. for this, this part of the project, for the Studio Mutiny part mm -hmm, of the project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's You've been, been a there. main contributor. She's yeah. been a main con yeah, main part of the team. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's not something I ever thought I would do, but after graduating, I was kind of like, go with the flow. Well, I mean, there's not really that many, like, literal jobs for, yeah. for creative, right? Like, my brother yeah. did English literature, and so you sort of leave school, and it's like, wow, I know well, all these now? things about great <laughs> books and how to yeah. write them, but yeah. what, what, there's no, there's no, like... It's not like adventure sports There's where it's like, I could like go a, be a kayak instructor. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
there's no <laughs> set plan forward, and especially because I knew I was going to stay down here until Sean finished um, mm -hmm. with uni. And um, so, yeah, I was kind of like, I, I'm going to work part-time. And then when that opportunity came up, I specialized in screenwriting. So kind of game writing is the closest that I would get to screenwriting. And um, I figured it was new and interesting, and why not? Yeah, so what's like the parallel? Like, how would you... How would you compare the way that you have to think for writing a story for screen mm -hmm. to how you have to think in terms of like narrative design more for, almost, for, for games. games? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and how have you like adapted? Like, did you find any cool resources that were really like helpful for you? Or I think all of it was so new. I think just the big difference is that with a game, you have to think about like it being a bit more exciting and interactive and then you have like I mean you have to consider collectibles and I mean we've gone through so many versions of dialogue and how we want to set up dialogue whereas in the screenplay it's very straightforward you have two actors who will say the lines mm -hmm. and I think with the game it was a lot of well are we going to have voiceovers are we going to have it just come up on screen you know is there no dialogue do we just make it really abstract and have like the narrative be underlying so I think it's just taking a lot more stuff into consideration and it's just a different form of entertainment, you know, mm. with movies you're expecting to sit down and just watch something play out, whereas in a game, you know, you are interacting and you're kind of controlling the story a bit more <coughs> and you're so much more immersed in it and I think that was a big challenge. It was a really big challenge, but all the the team has been so like understanding that you know I don't have a games background and and um, they've been really good at just explaining things and um, I've been working really hard on just like going with the changes and if shit needs to be cut then we cut it or if stuff needs to be changed then you know go with it. Yeah, yeah, that's, for sure. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's how it goes, yeah, and it's, it's not. Scary. <laughs> it must be weird as well because like the editing process isn't. Um, I'm looking at this and going, "What do I think?" Or the director's looking at it and going, "Oh, is this going to play out right?" It's like the whole team's like, "Oh, that's really cool," but we've we've actually decided to do yes. that bit of the level entirely differently yes. now. Yes, and it, it so is. it's not even losing. What, it's, it's such a common thing, right? You just spend so much time working on something, and it's like, you know what? We're going to change. Doesn't it. fit. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't fit. Exactly, exactly. And I think with screenwriting, it's usually you focus on the writing first and then the directing and the acting all comes later. Here, I'm constantly in contact with and I need to know about what's going on in the game and what has changed in the level and what has changed about the flow and I have to adjust to that. So that's it's been interesting, though. It's been a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, I think on our side, too, it's been very interesting working with that. Well, like, yeah, you guys didn't have a writer. Just knowing what's possible, just because we've never worked with a writer uh, full time before, so... Um, working with a writer full time, you you kind of do realize uh, how much scope or how much work it actually takes into developing a, a story when you want to do things like you do in movies. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Because you will need cinematics and things like that. You know, mm -hmm. AAA games nowadays they have cinematics, and uh, we just look at them like you know they're normal. But if you ever get into like making a cinematic, there's so much that goes into it because all the animation that happens that's all custom. Yeah, it's bespoke. And, uh, that you know, we decided that we couldn't do that. We didn't have the resources to actually pull that off, so we had to cut a bunch of things and hmm. um, you know just uh, adapt to it. Um, it is really really hard to make a story based game uh, if you don't have the team to do it. You know, yeah. we yeah. don't. No one specializes in, in cinematics or anything like well, that. It's just narrative design yeah. is a yeah, very yeah. overlooked part of the process, I think, and exactly. I think a lot of people. Um, 
at least in my experience, seem to think that story is something that's like, I oh, will just do the story. Mm-mm. And it's like, no. Mm-mm. No, it doesn't just come out of nothing. It, you, you can't just... <gasps> like, in a way, I think the rest of games kind of teaches us the wrong kind of methodology for making stories for games. Because yeah. mm-hmm. in a lot of... Like for VFX, for example, it's like, all right, what do I need? I need a fire. Okay, I'll fight, try five different things and I'll throw them together and then yeah. and then I'll like put different material on it and see how that works. And then, oh, that doesn't look right. I'll try doing that bit again. And, and then by the end of it, it's like two weeks, like, boom, I got fire. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas a story, I think it's, there's like a sort of natural growth of a story yeah. that takes time to, to it, you have to work at it. Mm-hmm, it doesn't come out nothing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like you can't expect it to be, and it's quite hard to piece that together and get the, the blocks established yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, is, it is so much more than just writing the story on paper and then you know, putting it in the you game know, putting it in the game mm. because it, it usually doesn't work it does and, not and work. i feel like that's kind of the approach that i mean that we took for some reason uh which was it's the bog standard one which was yeah which was like okay we need a story we need a story you know mm-hmm. we were obviously not as experienced as we should be but um we yeah, so we want a story, so write us a story, and then the story that was written. Was, but that then it was, was the like, first version of Psy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, sure, how do we implement this now? Where do we at, you know, this moment or that moment? Oh, we need, you know, we need uh, to show the player, you know, what they're fighting against or what they should be scared of or what's, you know, the bad thing, and we need a cinematic for that. Oh, shit, we can't do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so how do we do it? So... So what did you come up with? Oh, for so for a lot of things, we we actually decided to say, okay, we're gonna sit down and we're gonna learn how to do this, and we're gonna try and put that in or do it as best as we can. Um, in moments like where we originally wanted to add a cinematic um, of a deer being killed, we just ended up having it run away from where you're going to mm-hmm. um, in the game to just you know. Show that bit. there's danger. There's like danger there, you know, animals are running away from it, so just to give the players some sort of reason to actually go fight these. Yeah, still it still has the same impact as it's the It's being cutscene. creative with like this is what we can do, this is yeah. what we're trying to show. No, it, it definitely does know? not have the same impact. You know, it's just more impactful if you if, if you get See the player you know, in the Last of Us for example, when the rabbit comes out and you know, you see this cute rabbit hopping around, all of a sudden the arrow just goes right into the rabbit because uh, someone's hunting it and, you know that's that's really impactful you know that ma- yeah. makes you gas it makes you it's a surprise and stuff like that but maybe you don't need that much impact yeah uh, for for us just because the rest of the story wasn't as impactful i think mm-hmm. the deer just running away was was good enough for us yeah um, now with our Psy 2.0, I guess, or Psy 3.0. We are more into our USPs, such as, you know, rebuilding the forest, uh, showing that it's destroyed and regrowing it, you know, bringing back life to it. So I've had a lot of fun. You know, that's been a huge challenge for me, especially because I've had to make the visuals, you know, showing showing that, you know, it's happening right in front of our eyes. And the the huge challenge was, okay, we're going to make a cutscene where the forest growth grow, grows back right in front of uh, the player's eyes and you know saying that i was already panicking <laughs> yeah of course that sounds Shit. like a lot of work and it, it did really take a long time and it, it took a lot of research it took a lot of talking to people who were experienced in you know other regions more than i was like you know programming um yeah shout out to polygriff 
because uh, James James helped me a lot on that. He, I had a good conversation with him about optimization, GPU versus CPU performance, and all that kind of good stuff. Um, that party time that <laughs> technical <laughs> artists care about. That really annoying stuff that no one wants to do. But yeah, um, it's, it's been cool. It's been really cool to work on that. And I think it's going to turn out really nicely. Well, that's like your crowning moment, right? I haven't played the I current am. version of the build, but by the sounds of it, that's the moment that I, like, I do you think need to be there. Yes, yeah, you want it to be like chill. It's when you like, open the loot box. And yeah. it just goes, yeah. Yeah. It's like that's the equivalent in this game. Yeah, is, like is, it, is it like towards the end or is it like in no, the middle? It's, or? It's, it's, it happens multiple times. It happens times. multiple times in the game because there's sections that you regrow. It's kind of like Abzu. I can see why you were starting to go, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, kind of like, it's kind of like Abzu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where, mm. you know, you go into this dark area and then all the colors come back and stuff. So it's it's basically that, just not underwater. And, you know, it has to be original. It can't just be a, just a copy of it. Yeah. Um, we yeah, have to find our own style. And I obviously have my own VFX style, so I'm going to add that in there. Mm-hmm. And you want to add that. And I definitely do want to add that, yes. I want to show off, you know, what I can do. Um, well, now's the time to do it. Like, yeah. definitely show off. And it's what Like, I've been following, because who does your social media? You're, That's you're, me too. you're in charge yeah, of the social media. I am in charge of the social media. Because <laughs> you are doing a wonderful job. Thank you're you. doing a better job than, like, <laughs> I've seen fully fledged indie studios doing. And it's like, okay, yeah, this is. Yeah. It's Chris. What's your, like, tips for people who are, like, looking to do the same thing social, with that I game? I mean, like, I did a lot of research, so I'm not good at social media. I, like, joined Instagram, like, two years ago. Like, <laughs> I am so late on the train. But, um,. Yeah, I wanted that to be one of my jobs, like, with, alongside the writing, to step into kind of, like, the business and the marketing side of things. Um, it's been very challenging, but I think the writing background has kind of helped with that a bit, you know, just being, like, quite natural and casual with the captions, not too crazy, not too long. They've well, got real nice flavor to them. Thank you. Like, uh, they really do. You read them and go, oh, cool, I know what's going on there, everything's positive, everything's happening. And then you've always got these amazing visuals to go along with it, because, like, the I mean, art team on site is just huh. so every, solid. Thanks. Every week I'm just like, guys, send me stuff right now. I need stuff right now. Someone yeah. send me stuff. Um, who's got a thing? Yeah, who's Give me got a thing. A thing. Give I me don't a care thing. what it is, yeah. just send it to me. I know it'll look good. Yeah, exactly. And I think tips on that is just being consistent. I think mm -hmm. we've, like, picked... Uh, like, you know, uh, WIP and VFX Fridays, you know, those kind of hashtags, the ones that trend, you know, kind of stick with that. Um, and yeah, just, um, yeah, being consistent and being diverse with what you show to show stuff that the team is doing, but then in game and then kind of like bugs and mistakes and stuff yeah. like that. So be honest about what's going on. Don't just show off the best part. Also, of Twitter. Twitter is Twitter is Twitter is the biggest platform to go 100%. Really? Um, in what terms mysterious of, beast Twitter I think, is I for think, games? I think yeah. game dev. Yeah, game dev. For, for game dev, uh, Twitter is, is definitely the biggest platform to go on. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's the easiest to, to uh, for random traction. people to just retweet your tweet and uh, it, you know some some I think, big name seeing it. I think it's really great too because with Twitter you can't write too many things that so you have to come up no. with these shorter captions and just get straight no. to the point with but stuff. It's it's not Twitter is not. A business place mm -hmm, at all. Mm -hmm. Twitter, Twitter is just something to share the message. It's it's not something where you're gonna look for business. You know, you don't want to focus on getting big on Twitter to grow your business. It's that's, like that's the not, top of the marketing that's funnel, not the, right? Yeah, that's not that's mm -hmm. not the way to do it. Like no. Twitter is not the way to get funds. You know, Twitter is just to sh you know get you know uh, get the message out and just say, okay, this is our game. 
look what we've made. Um, and I think there's a bunch of nice people who also have a bunch of followers who like to retweet stuff. Yeah. Uh, you can send that. Yeah. I, I was just going to say that the support on Twitter is huge. Like, the support, yeah. The amount of people that are so kind with their comments and their retweets, and it's just really cool. It's a really supportive community, so I think that's just really encouraging as well. Yeah, it's that's... Not, you know, it's not about, like, the business winning, side. It's, yeah, it's just, like... Everybody the, raises everyone yeah, up. Yeah, look at this. Yeah. Look at that. No, it's for really sure. Cool. Which is really funny, because from what I know of Twitter, it's, like, this cutthroat, oh, vicious... Yeah. <laughs> but I guess game devs just oh, a bunch of... Oh, it can be. Yeah, I guess. I think it can be. I think when it gets to more personal things, it definitely is. But in terms of India projects, uh, every game dev is just supporting the other. And it's really nice to see. Um, That's where the community really, is yeah, alive. Yeah, it's a really good environment. Mm-hmm. I think what's important though is for teams to actually like the whole team needs to be involved in social media like mm-hmm. when you're making things um, even if it doesn't look you know 100% polished or it doesn't look super great but maybe something funny happens just record it and just record it you know post save it, it. Up. yeah you don't even have to post it up like record it and then save it and Twitter is definitely the place where you can post bugs and you know funny clips like that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think those posts also generally do better. Well, it's, it's relatable. Just, Everyone it's, can like. Yeah, it's yeah. so much more. Oh, I know that. And yeah. it's, it's so much more interesting <laughs> when all um, the textures vanish and everything yeah, goes and bright like, pink, and you're yeah. like, "It's <laughs> happening." <laughs> if you just have a bunch of VFX showcasing every week, like, "Oh, this is an effect that we made. Oh, this is an effect that we made," it's going to get really boring. Um, especially if you're releasing a small project where you only have those few VFX and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh yeah, here's all those." content that we have in our game so when you get it you know you'll know exactly what's in it it's yeah very, very good you know so there's a balance to everything um i think it's a good habit to just be constantly recording stuff mm-hmm. even if it's not for social media yep uh just because you have a library of stuff um yeah and i think as well used. it's of, all valuable one of the things i find pretty interesting is when you have a documentary or something if there's ever a documentary made <laughs> yeah you it's always more interesting if you're there from day one. Oh, yeah, of as, course. As much as everyone doesn't want to record day mm-hmm, one, mm-hmm. it's like, no, we'll record day one because then when people watch back, you yeah. don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, you never exactly. know where you're going to end up, right? So. Well, I feel like every time we look back and we're just like, oh, my God, everything's so different and things have changed so much. And while you're making these changes and doing these things, you're not thinking about it mm-hmm. until you're at that point where you're like, wow. And you go back and go, oh, wait, hold on. What are we thinking on yeah, day one? Yeah, yeah. Holy, sh- I, like, yeah, I, I started recording, like, a bunch of vlogs for, like, an internet thing that, and on the project that's now sort of, like, on hiatus. Mm-hmm. And it's, I really should go back and watch them and just see yeah. my brain ticking over because it would just be interesting to be like, oh, you had no idea where this was going to be. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. you're future you, right? And you already know all the things that past you didn't know. So it's just, it's nice. It's true, it's true. You're right, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> You've donned your scarf. <laughs> you put up your I, scarf. I, I put on a scarf, yes. <laughs> I am I'm known to be... Extra cold. Cold all the time. Is that due to being from Malaysia it's it's probably due to being from Malaysia yeah Yeah. so you're you where are you from I am also okay so both Sean and I are part Malaysian part German okay and then he's part Chinese and I'm part Sri Lankan okay so So my mom's Malaysian Chinese her dad's Sri Lankan Malaysian and well your mom is German my dad's German 
So we're, we're getting multi-continental oh, yeah, in that gene pool. Yeah. We, we met in high school. We both went to the German school in Malaysia. Oh, yeah, that's yes. Cool. <laughs> A long time ago. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Our moms now work together, so it's hilarious. And so you're, you both speak Malaysian then? Well, we both speak German. We uh, both speak, yeah, we both speak German, English. Uh, he speak speaks Cantonese. Cantonese. Um, I, our Malay is really bad. Oh, it's, it's bad. It's broken really Malay, but it's broken. kind of all you need. You could understand We if can you're get there. by. You... In, we kind of speak a mi- in Malaysia, you speak a mix of English yeah, and Malay it, it's, and it's defi- It's definitely not comparable to English, where our spoken language and written language is very similar. Yeah. In Malaysia, the spoken language is very different to the written language. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can learn how to speak really easily, especially because there's no grammar there's no grammar (laughs) really uh like there's not really i mean people will still understand you if you fuck up your grammar the grammar is basically just the order of the words okay but there's no conjugations or anything oh okay Uh, so it's not like there's in the me's there's no there's no tenses there's no yeah there's no tenses there's no tenses no 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 No. (laughs) (laughs) it is like which is bad because it's one of the easiest languages to learn and i haven't fully learned it and it it is shameful as a malaysian to not know but i mean you know i grew up in a mixed household and went to german school and and all of that so there wasn't time we learned french we learned French in the German school in English. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah, but that's oui, all gone now. But that's out of here. They should have taught us Malay. I swear, it would have been better. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty like useful though. Is like if you wanted to work in other countries, like having multiple languages you oh, speak yeah. opens up oh, so many definitely. options. More. Definitely. I mean, less now than you know, ten years ago or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Mandarin is becoming less and less obsolete. Uh, Which is no more and more obsolete. More obsolete. More obsolete. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's just English uh, it's now, just right? It's just because English is... Really? They don't, like I do every... feel like... the. It's still cool. Like, I do still see when... Just on the job hunt or whatever, people do appreciate people who are bilingual and stuff like that. But I do think that no. English is... It, it, it's still a good skill to have. But 100%. Especially Mandarin. Like, less so German and French. German and French are still very relevant. But Chi- I think even though, you know... An eighth of the popu- entire population in the world is Chinese. I think Mandarin is becoming less and less valuable. Um, really? Maybe even like maybe nowadays more and more valuable actually because you know China's taking over the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming. So maybe it is becoming more valuable now. But well, yeah, they teach I, I it just, in like GCSEs. The, the re- yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The reason they why teach I think, Mandarin now. The reason why I think it's just less valuable is because more people are starting to speak English. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's always going to be beneficial to be able oh, to speak. Oh, it's always, yeah, yeah, always. Well, the more, the There's... more English becomes the standard, the more precious it is to know a different language, right? And to be able to converse and, and, and work in a different country in a different language, so. It'd be a shame if, like, humanity just monocultures. Right? Oh, yeah, there's so many, like, I always wonder oh, yeah. being completely incapable of speaking another language, <laughs> other than my own foolish... Weird language. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really speak English either, but, um... <laughs> Like, Does anyone really? No, it's, it's really funny whenever you meet someone and they don't, like, they have really broken English. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not very good at English. It's like, neither am I. Don't, Me I've too, been speaking my bro. whole life. Yeah. It doesn't, <laughs> no one understands this fucking thing. It's ridiculous. The yeah. whole mishmash. But yeah, and so, but I always wonder, because you, you have a different way of organizing your brain when you're using a different language, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. so I wonder what types of philosophies and, like, understandings of, like, structures and things 
come out of a different language's way of con like conjugating, I guess, the mm. word, but like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like the way it arranges itself. How does that affect the way that you're interpreting ideas and concepts? I don't think I've ever thought really about it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever um, thought about that too much. So I think about this shit all the time. You do, damn. <laughs> damn. English ahead, is man. definitely the way I think right now. Mm -hmm. I don't remember a time before I knew English. So I learned English when I was about eight, seven or eight years old. Um, and it's kind of just become the language that I think in. I don't remember a time where I thought in German or Cantonese because those were the two languages that I did know um, back then. So uh, it, it's, it's really hard to like compare it. But I do know for a fact that if I do speak Cantonese or if I do speak English with my Malaysian friends, that the attitude completely changes. The way we use words completely changes. That the accent as well completely changes. Uh, I couldn't pinpoint exactly how how differently people interpret stuff, but I just think that. Uh, knowing how to speak in different ways, like knowing how to speak in a Malaysian accent when you speak English, makes gets people to be a lot friendlier towards you mm -hmm. because they're like, oh, he's one of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're free to be themselves. You know, sometimes they feel embarrassed in front of white people or something like that because I don't know. I think people in Asia just generally respect uh, Westerners more. I don't. I don't, I don't know why. Um, I a lot definitely of conditioning felt it. over many, yeah. many, many of years. years yeah. When people, if people in Malaysia find out that I'm German, like they're a huge fan. They're mm -hmm, like, wow, that's mm -hmm. so cool. You know, um, it's it's a lot different around here. Over here, people, you know, frown upon Asians a lot of <laughs> times. There's racism and all that kind of stuff. True. You know, it's like, oh yeah, where are you from? Yeah, I'm German. Yeah, but where are you really from? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, actually, here everyone just assumes uh, we're American, so oh, yeah, it's because of the accent. Um, fair enough. Which is fair enough. It's totally fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's usually I get a lot of, so where in America are you from? <laughs> Not at all. Nowhere? No. They're like, oh, Canada. I'm like, Still no. <laughs> Not close. <laughs> Not even close. Not close. Um, but yeah, so that, that's been really interesting because I never, obviously never had that in in. Um, in Malaysia, people, you know, notice that we're mixed, and then they'll be, and they'll be like, oh yeah, they usually can guess Germany or any other place, and and then in Germany, people know that we're from Asia and stuff like that. But yet to come here, and then suddenly everyone assumes that you're like from New York or whatever. It's very interesting. It's yeah, very interesting. I mean, it's funny you say that because I thought you were American because <laughs> we didn't really. I think like you know, maybe you don't really talk. No, Not much in the life room. Yeah, but like, uh, yeah, we've had a brief Shared a few words, few but like, words. <laughs> select few. Yeah. Well, like, I think your foot was there. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, so I just thought you were American, because obviously you have like it a is flawless American accent, but then... Like, I would call it an international accent. Yeah, Most very, of the people uh, that I yeah. speak to who went to an international school in Asia... We call it an international accent. That's just the way we were taught English. Yeah, you pick you it know? up. It's whoever taught you English, it right? Is, it's it really is. funny. Like, I know people who were taught by Dutch people, and they have a Dutch accent. You're you like, go. that's great. Yeah, a lot of a lot of um... shit. I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Schmoof. On the accents and 
it's, why we speak English the way we speak oh, English. Oh yeah, so a lot of Americans will disagree with you that yeah. we sound like Americans. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah. It's like when uh, people have, have a, a Queen's thicker, English version. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, funny enough, like some Americans do, will agree with oh, you. Oh, they there, will, there uh, is, yeah. There is an American that approaches at, at Little, um, asking us if we were American. <laughs> and that <laughs> was funny, because like, no, <laughs> no. I do not sound like you. I hear it now, I, I hear, don't yeah, sound yeah. like you. <laughs> Yeah. I think people have uh, described my accent as an, with an American twang. You know, they'll use that. And I, I can agree with that. I agree with that completely. It is obviously not the British English or yeah. anything like that. So it is closest to the American English. It's funny but, though, isn't it? This like weird amalgamation of noises. That anyone who's talked about English people is hilarious because English people have more dialects yeah, than yeah. anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. It doesn't make any sense Like why we have so many accents. Mm-hmm. But more than... I believe, I heard a stat, I don't know if it's true, but I heard a stat that per mile, mm-hmm. there's more dialectal changes in England than anywhere else in the world. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy. But when you think about it, if you look at, like, so, um, you know where Newcastle and Sunderland are? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're, like, nine miles apart. Okay. okay. Their exactly. accents are entirely Completely, different. yep. Oh. Like, not entirely different. But there is a... There is con- Totally yeah. different. Like, you can tell the difference by mm-hmm. just listening. Yeah, true. Like, honestly, I am so glad that I do not speak English with a German accent or a Malaysian <laughs> accent, to be honest. So, funny I'm no- like... Funny enough, I used to, like, on your point where you said... You speak... Don't come in your face. You, you speak the way... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said you speak the way that you're taught English. I used to have a Chinese accent when I spoke English, which is really funny. Um, I probably can't even do it anymore, but uh, I can't imagine uh, you because I was like that. I was in an international school before I went to the German school, and there was a bunch of Chinese kids, uh, and yeah, well, I I felt like I fit right in, um, and yeah, I just started speaking in a very thick Chinese accent, and my mom hated it. <laughs> she was like, no. My mom really no. hated it. My mom was really against it, and yeah, it took me a while to change. But uh, you did. To an, uh, an understandable English, I think universally understandable English. Yeah. Compared to, yeah, that. I guess that's the that point, is. isn't it? It's like when you're learning it in, in like an international school, especially because I know a lot of people from international schools or I've met a lot of people from mm-hmm. international schools. And it's, you're right, there's an international accent. It's either like international British or international mm-hmm. American generically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those, and it, and it's not true of that place, but it's yes. understandable yes. From that place, like exactly, it's, and it's, it's a, I think it's just a bunch of different cultured people coming into one place and all reading the words from a piece of paper and just thinking like, okay, this is how, how this is supposed to be pronounced. Yeah, and I guess all the reference as well yeah. from like films and TV yeah. is coming well, from two places yes, mainly. Yes, exactly, and I mean I think for me also I I learned German and English at the same time, so my dad would speak English to me, my brother and my mom would speak German and like they would say even as a kid when we had friends over, my mom would say something to me in German and then I translate it for the rest of the people in the room in English. So it was just such a like normal thing to be able to do that. And I think that contributed to the non accent. Yeah, I've got a friend. Uh, her name's Sophie. She's from uh in- in- no, she's born in Singapore or something. She's okay. like one of those, one of those kids who was just <laughs> like born people, in the middle of yeah. somewhere, but her dad's Scottish and her mum's Japanese, mm-hmm. and they don't really like neither one of them speaks the other's language. And oh. so as a kid, she was literally translator, translator. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she speaks like with a perfect English accent. Oh, 
but um, can speak flawless Japanese as yeah. well. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that's definitely it. People like in Germany, when we, we tend to speak English to each other, and when we are in Germany and we speak English, you know, the moment we switch to German, people are so shocked that we can switch between the two languages without an accent or without any problems. Yeah, but I mean, my mediation is terrible, though. My German sucks my, now, man. My I can speak both languages or mm-hmm. you know, three languages or whatever, but mm-hmm. my, when it comes to mediation, like translating from one <sighs> to the other, Exhausting. that's terrible. Yeah. I'm Exhausting. really bad at that for some reason. Uh, I remember taking a test in school and I was... <laughs> I was, I was better at it than me, so oh, don't, right. don't worry about it. I can't speak anything <laughs> two languages. I always find um, on the stunned point though, it's like it's great because I'm massive weeb, so I watch loads of anime, so yeah, I know yeah. some Japanese. Yeah, okay. And when I've met Japanese people and I've been traveling, um, they're always so stunned that you know any Japanese yeah, at all, yeah. and they're just super happy that you like. Oh, they're absolutely. like, you know about my country. I'm like, it's fucking cool. I want to go. Like, it's yeah. the same thing in Malaysia. If any of our friends ever want to travel the only thing i'll say is just learn a bit mm-hmm. just, just thank you or hello they Go on are then. so for the happy. podcast yeah. anyone thinking oh of going to uh, malaysia what is, what are the must know phrases in malay the way you say the way you say how are you doing or the way you greet someone is by asking them have you eaten and that, that is, and that is what he said, which is yeah. sudamakan. Food is a How do you say that? Sudamakan. Sudamakan. Makan means food or eat. Sudamakan. S-U-D-A. And there's no tones or anything in, in no, Malay? No, no, just sudamakan. It is Malay. It is Malay. Okay. Yeah, bahasa Melayu. Bahasa means a language. Okay. So. Short, yeah, BM for BM, short. Um, yeah, so food's a huge part of our culture. Like, Malaysia is known for its food and... Well, so that's like, why the, you the food well, there is food amazing. Is so good. Best, I can't even. Yeah. Malaysia is like a hub for food. You have it's because it's in the middle of yeah. like it spice is. everything. It's like you've got all the spices from China, yeah. all the spices mm-hmm. from Japan, all the spices from like Indonesia and Thailand, and then everywhere. Thailand, and then you've also got all the spices from India coming yeah. through on that Javanese not, like not strip. Only, bit. Not only spices, you have the people from there too. True, right? yeah. and you all have, the skills that you get yeah. from those you places. Have, you, you do have authentic like Thai food in Malaysia. You have authentic Indonesian food, authentic. You know, oh, God, the food, food there is so. In, like, it is food places, coma like, every time we go home. Have you ever? Have you ever been to Lao? Have you ever tried Laotian food? No, I don't think I have actually. I was really surprised because it's like one of the few flavor profiles that I found on our trip. Because obviously, England, the thing our culture is best at is stealing other people's cultures. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're really good at that. We'll be like, like, the best Japanese food is in Japan. Maybe yeah, like yeah. third or fourth, fourth best is, is in, is in London somewhere. Uh, like, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's true, that's true. Yeah, and second best is probably always America, right? Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, it depends. I've never been there, so I don't know. Wouldn't know, wouldn't know. UK's really good at Robin's stuff. It's like, oh, Malaysian food, that's bang. Like, our national dish is tika masala. Yeah, right. Which isn't is Indian, true. it's that Scottish, is, but... Yeah. It's technically a Scottish dish, uh-huh. but it's yeah. I love that. I love that. So I do. Much. I, I, I do actually, I do like it. I'm, I'm, You're a big tikka masala uh, fan. I'm, yeah, I, I I agree with it. See, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a boona man. I like a good boona. Give me some spice. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I, I tikka masala is just too sweet. It's just it's, watery. It's, it's well, not sweet. watery, but it's like it's creamy just and just sugary and. I think I'd like it to be spicier. Put some put some Scotch bonnets in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys have like Malaysian palate, I imagine, like oh, spicy as fuck food or no? Unfortunately, I have a stomach condition and that no. robs me from in fully enjoying all the food. I'm, I'm definitely... I, He's, I, all He's all in. He's all in, yeah. I used to be. I used to be. I remember the good old days, but yeah. That sucks. Mm. I mean, I, I say that confidently here that I like the spice. 
yeah. When I'm in Malaysia, I don't. Oh say no, it's risky no, doing no, that. No, no, don't say that. No, don't because that. like compared to other people in Malaysia, like. Yeah. They can handle I'm oh, a wimp. Yeah, well, I was... Uh, so I did a little trip. I went through Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, and I actually stopped nice. over right. in Kuala Lumpur. Oh, illegally. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, so there's Bruh. a story. So I, I I, traveled through Malaysia as a stopover without correct travel documentation. Oh, no. Which you guys know probably how sketchy that is. And Very. Yeah, really dumb, right? Really, really dumb. Well, you're here, so... Yeah, I survived. survived. So <laughs> as long as the Malaysian government isn't listening right now. Um, <laughs> they're always listening. They're man. always listening, man. But like, yeah, I'd, so I would always make the... Uh, in all of those countries, I would always make people laugh because I'd be like, they bring me my food, being... Blonde and white, they're like, okay, we'll give white boys give food. Give the white boys food. And yeah. then, uh, and I was like, it's lovely, but it's spicy. You got any? And they bring over like a little ramekin of chilies, just pick like, it up and dump the whole thing in. And they'd be like, that's how you get their yeah, respect. That's, that's how, you, that's how respect. you do it. I loved like, it. Yes. And also when you eat like, uh, did you eat three with your hands? Uh, in the places where you, yeah, where you, where where you, you do, good. you can't good. really eat faux noodles with your no, hands. No, 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 it's don't, kind don't, of messy obviously. and burn yourself. But it's an experience. <laughs> I do. I have had a few friends or family that do come and then refuse to partake in eating with your hands. But it's an experience. Yeah, I did it in Nepal more yeah. than Asia. Yeah. Indian food. Definitely. I say Asia. Indian still, food. Still Indian food, food always with the hands. Always with the hands. It does taste better. It, it's a different experience as and well. And also, it's fun. It is fun. It is, it is fun. fun. It's and weird, it, isn't it? You're so trained in like to not play with your Western food, culture to never it. touch anything. No, like, and Asia's like, go for it. So like, put your hands in. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who thinks it's like inhumane or like disgusting. Do it. Inhumane. Does, Does anyone think it? that? Well, I'm not a gonna lie. A lot of people probably think that not eating with cutlery is savage and. Actually, you know, in my like. first year, <laughs> beast like. No, but it's true. In my first year, um, our flat was really international. It was great, uh, and there was a, a person there from India, and we made a lot of curries together. And we would sit in the kitchen and we would eat with our hands. And then we did have a housemate, and she saw it for the first time. She's like, "What the fuck are you doing? We have cutlery." And we're like, "Well, that's how you do it." And then she's like, "Well, we here are civilized, and we have cutlery." I'm like, "Whoa." Oh, Calm down, it's not, like yeah, it's, it's fine. It's not about that. So it's it's exposure, hard. right? It's mm. the lack of exposure. Clearly, I'm, you can't even be mad because I'm like, all right, you don't know and you've never been, you've never seen it. So fair enough. But trust us when we say this is how you eat this. This is how you it eat works it. better. It does. It works it better. Does. You really exactly. can get like a perfect little portion of and everything. Like, the flavors mix mm. it all together in a way that you can't like. You make a mess. You use a spoon. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I know the deal. I know the you deal. Know you just it. get a flat. <laughs> you might get, get some like maybe get some like chutneys and things oh, and oh that's the yeah way to do it. that is the way to do oh, it. Dolbart, you know Dolbart. What's that? So Dolbart is like the you know how like pasties are the staple of Cornwall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Dolbart is the staple of Nepal. Ooh, and okay. It's, are they uh, like curry puffs? So it's like um it's a really simple dish. Mm-hmm. Or it can't be. It can be really complicated, but mm-hmm. like it's all about what you add to it, right? But yeah. it's a really thin, watery lentil potato curry. Yeah, dal. Dal. Dal, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and then bart, which is just rice, I guess. It's just like the rest of oh, it. Oh, so it's just dal and rice, basically? Yeah, but there's always like chutneys and things there's that accompany it. And you okay. always get a refill, oh. which is so dope. And it's so, like, normally it's so cheap. Sometimes you get expensive dal bart, and mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. you get like four different chutneys and like two different yogurts and like different like chopped spices. You nearly always get like a pad pad. I don't know if that that does trend, not like, it's like a it's like a poppadom but like oh okay yeah 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 smaller smaller got it um, got it got it 
it's just banging. Yeah, it is. It sounds like, um, I mean, like every, I feel like a lot of Asian cultures have like this poor man's dish, you know, like anyone can make it. It sounds like that. It that's what it is. It's very much. Uh, lentils, potatoes, rice. And it's then super whatever. thin and watery. Mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. but it's so good. But usually the poor man's dishes are the best. They're the simplest and they just. They and they can be made. And I find, okay, like, I don't know if this is true in Malaysia. I imagine it probably is because mm-hmm. it was everywhere else I went traveling and the street food was good. And yeah. Malaysia is renowned for its street food, oh, right? Dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Oh, yeah. In, oh, yeah. In Nepal specifically, but everywhere I went, the less it looks like a restaurant, the more it looks like someone's front room, the cheaper the it is, big and the better it is. You know it. Yes. You know it. Yeah. Sir. That's the yes. tip. That's the traveler's tip. That is the traveler's tip. Traveler's if it looks tip. too fancy, too much like... No, that's not, not where the, you want to be. I think no. just the Someone's easy. grandma's living room is where yes. you want to accidentally end up. Yes. It's like, is this a restaurant? Like, come yeah. in, come in. And you're like, yes. okay. That's where you get the experience, the like family vibes and yeah. the home It's, it's very simple. In Malaysia, you just go into those places that are packed. Like, or or you you know when you drive around Malaysia you know keep your eyes out look at some restaurants sometimes they're fucking packed and you, you can't get a seat but come back some other time and then go there because that's how you know those places are good when they're packed mm. it's not about the way they it's, look it's not really about the way they look no. usually those packed places also look like a dump uh, <laughs> yeah. may, hole in the wall there may or may not be rats around you <laughs> not gonna lie not gonna lie <laughs> it happens it happens but like it's, it's just over there it's different that kind of stuff is normal and um and that has nothing to do with the hygiene of the food. It, it doesn't. No, it, it doesn't. And that just means the food. In some cases, good. it does, and that's where you should be worried. Well, that's why if but it's packed, then you're like, okay, it's, it's packed, probably okay. If there's a bunch know, of local people eating there, if, chances are you should be fine. You, you should, should be, be fine. fine. And the other thing with travel, you're always going to get sick. No matter what it's you do, different food no matter that you're how hard. not used to, you know, it's yeah. climate, it has everything to do with just like... Or being... you just catch something, you're yeah. traveling, like yeah. it's just but, part of it, yeah. you're having all these experiences, meeting all these people, you will get sick, but that's no reason not to travel, right? Yeah, exactly, like, be like, I'm not I think in terms of like enough. food though, I think Malaysia is not a place you should worry. You mm-hmm. know, India, you, you do have issues with like ice cubes or... Thailand uh, or lettuce well. or like you know I don't know me and my friend we went to yeah. Thailand and it was like don't get anything with ice in it it's really sketchy because the it first is. thing we bought was a fucking milkshake with <laughs> yeah, ice cubes yeah. in it <laughs> in Bangkok dumb idea hey, man, but... hey, you 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 knew the risk and you took it and it paid off and good on you oh yeah, like, <laughs> yeah it's not it, good though know. it's like how many times did you pull that one off yeah yeah it's not it's not it's okay it's not people always make this equation right it's like I did it and I'm fine so it's okay mm, it's like no, no that's not how that works no. it's like you did it and you're fine, fine. so that you're lucky. Time, that so, time you yeah. got away It's with fine it. every time until it's not. not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> street, yeah, street food street food in Malaysia. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it at Thailand all. Thailand is well to be honest. Thailand, like, Thailand, is, Thailand well. is fine. I think I think you just gotta look at the stall, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, is the person behind the store wearing like like gloves or like not even or gloves it, necessarily? Yeah, or are they keeping it clean? clean? Does it look messy? Mm-hmm. Is there you know Yeah, do your research before you go. Exactly. Exactly. And also just take some risks, because fuck it, life's too short. Because you're there, and it's food, and like, honestly, I think we were in Thailand, um, I was in Thailand with my family, and we went to the markets there, and it was the first time I had bugs, um, because I really, I was like, this is the future. Crickets and maggots are the future, and I went for it, it was awesome, and we had a lot of different food. I was fine, my brother and his friend had mad, like, the runs the next day. But... But they're like, we knew it was the risk. We knew we it was gonna happen, and that could th- happen at least. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, we don't regret it. No, that's the mindset you gotta. Also, have. ask ask your cab drivers where to eat. 
That's always a good tip. Yeah, or tuk-tuk drivers. Yes, if they pro- know. No, if, you're, yeah, if you're in Thailand or Manila or whatever, yeah, tuk-tuk drivers. Although you've got to be careful sometimes. because Don't let them rip you off. Or no, Malaysia. always haggle the price, especially yeah. if you're fresh. If you're fresh, ask someone yes. else. Generally, yes. you can tell who's a traveler who's been there a while. Look for the like really tanned-looking Australian yeah. dude with one eyebrow <laughs> missing. And be like, yo, yeah. mate. He'll be like, good day. He, he won't. He won't say good day. But um, <laughs> they might actually know this. Might, but find that dude yeah. or chick. She'll probably have dreads on one half of her head. And she'll be like, yo, she's what do I pay really for baggy. a tuk-tuk? Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's wearing harem pants. Yeah, with like, elephants on them. What's the actual mm-hmm. price of a tuk-tuk round yes, here? And they'll yes. be like, two bucks. And you like, will always sort. have people trying to rip you off because, come on. Like, they're Happens trying to make a living. Time. Yeah, they're trying to make a living. They kind of. Them, they're kind still of. shitters. I think, I think I most people don't like them. I don't like them. It happens. I understand why they try. But I yeah, get it. I just, get it. Just be smarter. Just don't don't let it slide, you know? You're, well, I mean, it's because you're fresh, right? Mm-hmm, it's, it happened mm-hmm. every time I went from one country to another, mm-hmm. especially um, like those countries, because the, the t- currencies are all different and they're all yep. so differently valued. Yeah, it's is, like, is it quite I, confusing. I don't know what it is in Malay. Ringgit. Malaysian ringgit. Yeah, That's but what's the, the like, what, what are you fucking with? Like, oh. conversion rate, like one to, like, a hundred and, one, or sixty. No, no, or... Malaysia, no, it's no, one no, to no. five. One to one five. five, okay. So I think like... one to five or one to six. One to okay. five point five, I think that's what it's currently. Okay, so yeah. it's pretty, like, strong in terms of number, because, like, in some of those countries, like, Thailand, it's like one to fifty-six. Yeah. In Laos, it's like, one to three or four thousand or yeah, something. Yeah, it's very confusing. In Vietnam, it's one to thirty thousand, and in and in Cambodia, yeah. it's like one to two or one to two hundred and sixty. But everywhere uses dollars. Dollars. Oh my god! No, no, so and they give you your change in their currency. Yeah, yeah. so it's so, so confusing. So Cambodia uses Khmer and dollars at the same time. Really? They use dollars as their standardized their currency. standardized currencies, and they use Khmer as cents. Yes, they change. Oh they my don't God. have like pennies or nickels. They have dollars. Their and... their dollars, and then I think one dollar is six thousand Khmer. Or like it's almost like Cambodia Khmer. vouchers. Okay. It's like it's like <laughs> you, you can use these Cambodia anywhere, vouchers. but no one's gonna take these oh ones. My God. Like, have your time with your fun bucks in Cambodia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even want the big values on. No, it's really want, funny because the currency is so fucked. It's trash. You know, it's it's. It's There's so a lot of corruption left over, that, and it you know, just, there's yeah. not that much faith left in it. Yeah. So they're just like, trying do- to get dollars. dollars king. Everyone's trying to get dollars because dollars are universally used. There's yeah. also places where they will own... And, and, uh, no, it was in... Um, I heard when they first opened the, the doors to... Um, where is it? Burma. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. When they first opened the doors, for a long time, they would only take the crispest $1 bills and okay. like $10 bills because yeah. they... They wanted to store them under their bed in like a sealed vacuum packed bag and be oh. like, here's my savings. And so they wouldn't take anything with creases. Yeah, they wanted it perfect. Fresh, yeah. pristine, crisp. That is crazy. But every time you went from a new place to a new place, like, so from Laos to Vietnam, I think I ended up paying like, I ended up paying like 20 bucks for a sandal repair on a pair of $12, like $12 mm-hmm. sandals. Mm-hmm. And I ended up paying like, I don't know, like, I remember it must be like 60, 60 bucks for a hammock and just because I didn't know yeah, 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 and they were like so... and I was like how many is it I'm looking I've just been in Laos where it's like 5,000 and 4,000 yeah, and, and you're like trying to yeah. keep up with all and of it yeah. just about got the hang of that and then you're in this new place and it's, everything's like hundreds of thousands yeah. and tens of thousands you're like oh god that's a lot of numbers but is Indonesia it really that Indonesia is, is where you can easily become a millionaire because the conversion rate's like 10,000, 100,000 is it crazy? yeah 
you're a millionaire immediately yeah, in Vietnam. Yeah. You go to the ATM and it's like, I'm fucking <laughs> balling. Look at all these oh, zeros. One million? Oh, two million. Oh, yeah. Sh- I'll just take out six million. I got two million dong. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Oh. Buy like a helmet and it's like six million. What's like that? One point seven million. million. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was thirty pounds. Thirty pounds. <laughs> Although Vietnam is like coming up in terms of like their building Ooh. everything it's so mad because i drove through the whole country i went mm-hmm. from hanoi to ho chi minh that's awesome uh and uh yeah everywhere they're like building like these developments and like the roads are getting paved properly and like they're putting oh, up that's blocks of great. flats that's it's so crazy and they're pushing industry like really hard well everything's made in vietnam or china right yeah like, yeah everything yeah, definitely the ocean's fucked there's so much plastic in it, it's really sad. Yeah, it let's is. not start getting into that. Oh that, my that, god, that's, that's like, what our game is about. It was what like, my game was about as well, oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, no. Like, I mean, I've had this conversation way too many times, I think. What, with, you know, like, with, with Asia plastic and, and pollution climate change, and whatever. Yeah. We, all know, we all know the drill. <laughs> the writing's on the wall, just no one's changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no one's changing. Right. Everyone just do your shit. Everyone do your part. Do your part. Yeah. That is as simple. And I have to say, like, that's the one thing about going back. Like, here, I'm not going to say that the system for recycling and stuff is perfect here. But it's definitely better than it is in Asia. It's not really much of a conversation at all. Mm. Uh, the government doesn't really talk about it. Yeah, yeah, you know how they get rid of it in Nepal? No. Burn it every morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every fucking morning. It's, you get the Catman flu. Yes. Because in Kathmandu, <laughs> they burn the plastic off every morning. It's like, oh, what? Oh, it's amazing how little plastic there is in the streets. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's all in your lungs. Ah, it's, oh. oh, it's good for you. That sounds horrible. Yeah, every, everyone who goes to Kathmandu, when they first get there, they get sick for about a week. Oh, Just like a sort God. of like a general illness. Yeah, that sounds bad. I mean, right, usually um, Malaysia gets really bad haze because of all the burning that happens in Indonesia. Yeah. Due to Malaysians, by the way. Okay, let's, let's get it, that I'm out I'm not there. blaming Indonesians. Let's, let's it's 100% Indonesia. Malaysians' fault. Malaysians going to Indonesia, burning the trees and going, ah, fuck Indonesia. Fucking haze all these fucking coming Indonesia. from Indonesia. God it's your fault, Indonesia. Malaysia. Have you heard? The, oh. You ever heard about the coconut revolution? What? No. no. Okay. Yeah, that's a feel-good story. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some hope coming out of that. Yeah. So it's a, it's a group of, I think it's in the Indonesian island chain. Oh no, it's a Javan like mm-hmm. the Java, Java, it's that sort yeah. of Indi- Indonesia Java area. It's like yeah. a tiny little island. Yeah. And this big like Australian mining company uh, came down and were like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna mine here," mm-hmm. and they did. Uh, as per usual, yeah, uh, they got all the permits off the government, and uh, the people who lived there were like displaced, uh, put to work in really dangerous conditions. Of course, um, and they completely decimated their like beautiful scenic island, yeah. turned a mountain into a crater that's just full of poison. That's disgusting. And uh, these people were like, "Nah, it's just fucked. Nah, we're not having this. This yeah. is not on." Good. And they were like, went to the government. The government was like, "Nah, nah, we're not doing anything." Uh-huh. So like, all right. We'll, we'll do, do something about do it, it ourselves. Yeah. And so they militarized, got into this like little band of rebels, and took on the mining company. No way. Evicted them with no weapons, and then the Javanese government was like, "Can't have that. The mining interests are not being protected." All right, sent the army. They were fighting helicopters with bows and arrows. Non, like literally, these guys have got like guns they made themselves yeah. out of parts left over. They use coconut oil for everything. <laughs> And they're just like, and they're actually like fighting off the government. Yeah. And it's like, it's sort of, I think it's now reached a point where they're not having to like battle anyone with gunfire. It's That's more nice. It's more like legislated and they've been yeah. given petitions and things. It's... It took them 20 years. 
but well, at least they're not fighting fighting anymore. The Coconut yeah. Revolution. Go That's watch it. It's on the internet. Awesome. It's a documentary. It's made about I think it's like 1998 or something. Well, good on them. Yeah, those guys fucking take power back. That's how we need to do it. That's how everyone needs to do it. I, I mean, take back the planet. Oh God, uh, it's messy though. If you messy. do it, if you do it with violence, it's messy. Yeah. Always messy. Always messy. I do not. I don't think I agree with like handling things with violence but you know unless I mean, it's your unless only choice your... what's really weird about them though is they're all mega christian <laughs> like it's a really odd like let's fuck some people up though well i mean you know christians are notorious for going around <laughs> oh, the fucking people up. but these guys are like hardcore like they like pray to jesus and yeah, they like, yeah. have, like and then a... they're making their own guns and well, like... but then they're like they're from a javanese island yeah, chain that's just crazy and they're like praying to jesus for their like safety mm-hmm. and fighting against white um, Australians. Yeah, yeah, it's just... That's, it's just a very, like, odd set of circumstances. It is very, very, very interesting. Yeah, not, the history of the planet is a whole mess, right? <laughs> it's a pretty big mess. And I think that's probably a pretty decent point to uh, to end the uh, thing. I'm sure you guys need to get off and, and do some more work. Is there anything oh, you want to yeah. plug before we, uh, before we call it? Yeah. Social um, medias. Game. Yeah. Oh. Check us out. I'm gonna have to put this out before April 30th yes, so that it has please. any impact. So otherwise, it's like, yeah, that was great. Now <laughs> team. April 30th, we're releasing Psy. Um, check out at Studio Mutiny on Twitter. Um, uh, Twitter, Instagram. It's right. at Studio Mutiny. Our Facebook is Studio Mutiny. Our website is StudioMutiny.com. Very straightforward. Yeah, that's the practiced pitch that there. That is Just right like there. Studio Mutiny. I got yeah. it on lockdown, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is, and then do you guys have, like, personal Instagrams or... I'm at Mutiny Sean on Twitter. Uh, I do post up VFX stuff every now and then. Currently, it's just kind of, like, game updates. But after that, I'll be posting up some personal things. Uh, my Instagram is at natasha.maria.mermaid. <laughs> Your Instagram, my Twitter. Let's, let's get that clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His Twitter. My Instagram. I don't have Twitter. Uh, but yeah, that's more personal stuff. I do post stuff about the game and writing, a lot of dance stuff, a lot of lifestyle stuff. But yeah, I definitely say check out Psy. It's going to be... It, it, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be lit. It's gonna, it's gonna be lit. It's, gonna be it's lit. all about planting trees. Plant some trees. Yes. Oh, yeah. Also, Save some environments. Oh yes. right. A good thing to maybe mention is that if you buy the game, half of that will go towards planting, planting trees. trees. Yeah, guys. So you're not just getting a killer game with some absolutely sick ass effects. You're uh, <laughs> you're, you're actually you're saving the planet. You're doing yeah. your part. So you're doing your part. come on, guys. Let's 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 support this game. Thank you. All right. Thank thanks, everyone. And we are out. Oh, no, oh, no, we're not. No, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs>